The following presentation of the Jaguars Podcast Network is presented by ViStar Credit Union. They don't make football players any tougher than Keenan McCardell. The 12th round draft pick wouldn't take no for an answer, despite being cut multiple times before he finally caught on in Cleveland. He wasn't flashy, unless you're talking about his sense of fashion. But when the game was in doubt, there was no one who wanted the ball more, and no one you could count on more to make the catch than number 87. There he goes, 30. There's Keenan at the 20. He's at the 10, 5. Touchdown, Jacksonville. McCardell for 67 and 6 on the scoreboard. This is Perspectives, the story of the first 25 years of the Jacksonville Jaguars, told by the people who built the franchise from the ground up. This is Keenan McCardell. McCardell has always played the game his way, on his terms. After years of struggle between the Bears and Redskins, he landed in Cleveland, and in 1994, he posted a season worthy of a handsome free agent contract. With the Browns becoming the Ravens, he knew he was going to have to look elsewhere. It's kind of funny. I kind of told a friend of mine that I'm not going to Jacksonville. Um, not a place for me. They want to be led by, uh, by a drill sergeant. And it changed when I took a trip here and, um, and enjoyed it. Uh, Michael Hugh, uh, Coach Coughlin. And I kind of said, it's not going to be a bad place. Uh, it's a place to to put myself on the map, you know. And then I got here. Uh, Tom asked me immediately, you know, I need you to be a leader. Um, I was like, you know, I'm I'm up for the task. You know, I'm coming from a um, a Cleveland team that was uh, dismantled because of uh, the move. Uh, had some really good players, um, Andre Risen, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, guys that I have learned from, you know, and my past had helped me kind of uh, kind of know the kind of resilience this team needed, you know, because of my past coming up as a 12th-round pick, uh, always having to fight for what you wanted. You know, I've been cut a couple times in uh in, in Cleveland, finally made my way, and I needed to show some resilience in my career. And coming here, I felt like this team needed to have a person that, that could show resilience. And we, as a group, needed to, to have that because it was going to be tough for us. We knew it was going to be really tough for us. Nobody expected us to win. Second-year uh, franchise, they can't get it together. Uh, but we found a way to get it together because we believed in each other in that locker room. Um, I don't know if it was the cause of us being against Tom, but whatever it was, we found a way to to come together, uh, be resilient to practices that we that we didn't like. Found a way to make it fun. Found a way to enjoy each other, and and like you know I. I always did have an arrogancy about myself because I always felt like I was the best in the league, and that's the way I thought. And I wanted guys to think that way. And I, and I always say, if you look, if you uh, look at some of the videos back then, I always say, why not us? You know, because the coach always told me, why not you? It doesn't have to be the first round pick. It has to be the fifth round pick. Why not you, the twelfth round pick? And uh, and I always used to say, 
why not us? And the guys kind of said the same thing with me. Why not us? I mean, and that year, uh, we kind of came together. It was tough early. It was tough early. We had a <laughs> come to Jesus meeting uh, in that locker room, down in the coaches' offices with with time with the leadership committee, and but it all kind of brought this brought that team together. The Jaguars paid McCardell but they weren't quite sure he was going to ignite their passing game all by himself. So they went back to Cleveland and swung for the moon. All-pro wide receiver Andre Risen. I'm out in OTAs doing some good stuff, and here comes Andre. You know, But I wasn't mad because Andre came because I've played with Andre, and I knew what kind of competitor he was. Um, everybody don't know what kind of teacher he is. I mean, he... He he's a he's a great motivator to guys if you listen and know how to listen to the things that you need to listen to from him. And because uh, I was in Cleveland when he was there, and I I'll say this, he was one of the guys that really got my confidence to being where it needed to be, week in and week out, day in and day out in the league. I mean, how do you bounce back from from things? So with him coming in the room, I wasn't mad at all because I knew what kind of player he was. I knew he was on, you know, he was, he still could play. He still could help us, but I didn't know how he was going to, how Willie, Jimmy, uh, Reggie was going to receive him, you know. So, you know, him coming in the room, it kind of rubbed Jimmy a little, little bit. I could tell, but he never let it really, really show. One good thing about our room, we laughed a lot. We, uh, the, our room liked each other. Our room really liked each other. We always wanted each other to be successful. It was just a competitive vibe in our room, but we never made it spiteful to one another. I mean, we could go hang out. We go have fun. We go get on the boat. We go jet skiing together. Uh, our room was was fun. And then the thing about it, I, I I never forget the day we were out in practice one day and uh, Bad Moon was out at practice and uh, we were having one-on-ones and he came out and he was doing some stuff and, and one-on-one and he didn't get open. So Kevin Gilbride got on him and he turned to Kevin and said, I got 356 moves to get off the line and Kevin told him well can you use one of them to get off the line today and you should have thought we were all standing back there and we just fell out laughing and that point right there we knew that he would say whatever we needed him to say for us we didn't have to be the guy that came in and said something that was one thing about Dre he wasn't afraid to say what was on our minds in that room and he helped us. And so from that point on, I think Jimmy kind of loosened up about Dre and started to realize that, you know, this guy could help me. And then, you know, as the season went on, we just started to help each other here and there. And then i never forget the game um, in Pittsburgh We um, when when the situation happened with Andre. Uh, it was a – we call it X read and we have a three ray read on the play for the X and Dre was playing X and he saw it one way. Mark saw it another way. 
Mark threw the pass. It was picked, you know, and uh, it was a pick six. And I think that was the downfall of what happened to Andre Risen. He he just made a bad read. I mean, it, it could have happened to anybody, but just to say it happened to a veteran and a, a guy of his experience that has played in this league before, and he saw, he should have saw it. And it was a it was a clear picture that he should have saw, and you know it happened. And you know the next week, the Monday he got cut. Jimmy Jimmy came in the room, and we were I was like, "Hey man, it's us. Let's go." I mean, and from that point on, it's been thunder and lightning. I mean, we I mean we've we've seen the good, the bad. Uh, a lot of good times, not a lot of bad times, but a lot of good times. Um, uh, personally, team-wise, the bad things that we didn't do is, is bring a championship here. I thought the Jaguars were done when I walked into that locker room on the Monday after Pittsburgh. The players, who respected and admired Ryzen, were sitting on the floor at his feet. It seemed ominous. It seemed over. But it wasn't the end. It was the beginning. When that situation happened... You know, it was like, all right, somebody got to put their big boy pants on to lead this team. And myself, Tony, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Mark, in a way that Mark leads, um, just kind of picked a, picked up the pieces. Um, we go, like you said, go to St. Louis. Big, big game, me personally, but... In the end, we lose, and we lose on a play that, you know, we we just we felt like we we were the better team, and we lost. You know, like you say, five picks. You 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 very seldom win an NFL game with five picks, but it never broke us because I think we saw the potential in who we were offensively, and um, you know, and then you know we we keep going. We get in the we get in the locker room. We we talk about it. It brought us closer. The likes of Robert Massey, the Clyde Simmons, was keeping us together. You know, I mean, I was a I was a young leader. Those guys have, were veteran leaders that have been in locker rooms. And I remember uh, Robert Massey telling me, his, in his own way, young, we got it. We just gotta get it, put it together. The talent is here. He said, "I've seen, have, I haven't seen so much talent in one locker room. We just gotta bring it together." Clyde would always tell me, "You know, get them together over there. Y'all got it. We see it. You know, and those are guys that have seen greatness and and played against great teams. Have been on some very good teams and some great teams, and it just kept coming back in our minds." resonating in our mind like hey we got to keep pushing we got to keep getting better despite what's going on with us if we just continue to get better the light is at the end of the tunnel for us and hey man we for some reason it clicked for us and we saw the light and we was running to it running to it as fast as possible because as as you say why not us we start to see it and start to feel it in our in our win streak. We started to feel it and started, as they say, started to feel yourself. The next four games moved the Jaguars from four and seven to eight and seven, and to the very cusp of an improbable playoff appearance. 
a win in the season finale against the 3-12 and Falcons was all that stood in their way. And they stood there on the Jaguars' playoff hopes until the game's final drive. They go down, start moving the ball, catching the ball here. Yeah, I think Eric Metcalf caught a ball over the middle. Um, so my mind's going back. Terrence Mathis, all those guys. I think Eric caught a ball. Ironhead was pounding the ball at us. And I was like, Eric, don't do this to us. You know, and then, you know, they were moving the ball. So we get get a fourth, get to fourth down. Martin comes out, and he's one of those guys that, you know, being a veteran, it's just automatic. You know, and we're all on the sideline, on the offensive side, just on our knees, looking at looking at him head down, praying that he missed. The snap comes. I remember looking at the snap. I'm looking at the ball. And when he kicked it, I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. And I looked up, and I was like, there's no way he's going to make this. And when it was going, I mean, I was already up jumping, and it's a picture where I'm jumping, and Tony Brackens is pushing me so far up in there. He's just throwing me up. And it was just a big sigh of relief because we knew we didn't play our best game. We were coming off a, a hot streak and played a, a terrible game. I think if you if you went back, the odds makers probably had us winning that game, running away, and we played bad. So with that happening, we got in, we came back, and that week going to Buffalo, it was like, man, we're in the dance. <laughs> we can write our own story right now, and it's like, why not us, brother? Let's. I mean, we're going up to Buffalo. They've never lost a playoff game in Rich Stadium and Richie Stadium. I was like, so what? Why not us? I mean, we got the best matchup on Bruce Smith with Tony Baselli. We got Nate playing out of his mind right now. We're gonna do our stuff outside. So we're we were looking at each other like, hey, we got a we got a good chance. We like our matchups. So we went in and we just started playing. Like it was cold. Crowd didn't bother us. We wasn't even worried about the crowd. We were just so zoned in. That that team, we were so zoned in on our matchups, winning our matchups. If we won our one-on-one matchups, we were going to win this game. And it was just so gratifying to see Tony compete the way he competed against Bruce Smith, shut him down like he did, and it helped us. It Because going in, it was like, Bruce Smith is going to destroy this, this, this. And to have Tony go over and, like, silence him made it so much easier. And then we started running the ball. Cersei started pounding him on the other side. Nate started running the ball. And we had to make our plays outside when we got a chance to. We knew the weather was going to be a big issue for throwing the ball, but we could lean on Nate. And that's how, that's how that team was. We could lean on everybody. And – and everybody just decided to step up. And that game, Nate played out of his mind. He played out of his mind. You know, Jimmy made a a great catch. I made a big play. Mark made some big throws. I mean, everybody just kind of played the way they played. Our defense stopped the K gun. We were. It was. It was just. It was all coming together. So we got there, got the win. Now everybody's like, whoa. That was just luck. They just went in and and just 
got lucky and won one. Now we're going to Denver. That week, it was fun. We were, we had, I mean, we was playing with house money. We were like, oh, you know, they don't expect us to win. Why not us go in and, and show them? I mean, so we're playing with house money. Uh, then about halfway through the week, we start to feel like, hey, man, we belong here. Ain't no house money anymore. It's us. It's a good team. We're good. Let's go. Young guys start to feel, see themselves as being a good team. So we go into Denver. We get there. We get an article. <laughs> Jaguars. Oh. Tom makes that very known to us. Uh, this is what they think about you. Well, it could have broke us or it could have made us. <laughs> Luckily, we had some veteran guys like Clyde, Robert, you know, Eddie Rob, all those guys. We were just kind of like Jeff, which was a big key to us also on the defense. Uh, Liggy was like, hey, man, you guys just go out there and, you know, in Liggy's way, you go out there and, you know what, and play like you know what, and we're going to handle this. And we came in that locker room and say, this is what they think about us. Let's go show them who we really are. And uh, we got in that game, and we were like, there was no stopping us. We They came out and played the way they played. Made, they threw a haymaker and in a big fight. We threw a haymaker back. And then once they thought they had us, they threw a couple of haymakers. And all of a sudden, we came back, played down the sideline that I made. I mean, on the touchdown, kind of jump-started us. But I, I have to make that play. I'm going to make that play. I mean, everybody's like, wow, that's the play that jump-started. That was my number call. I was going to make this play. So – to get this team started because that's who I felt I was. I was that leader that needed to make a play to to really get us going in the right direction. And then after that, everybody just started playing. The third down that Jimmy caught, I mean, it sealed the deal. I mean, I think um, those guys in Denver really felt how – Felt bad to lose it to a team like us, the upstart Jaguars, but they also knew we were we were a pretty good team. You know, I've never seen a AFC Championship game where the lights go out. You know, how does the lights go out in an AFC Championship game? And but it went out in the Super Bowl, so I can't I can't say that. But at that time, it had lights had never went out. If we'd have played anywhere close to the level that we played the last two games. We to beat that team, and I think, you know, not saying is that's the excuse, but they knew to slow us down, you know, and uh, you know, but you got to give them credit. I mean, they play well uh, at home, and we felt like we let one slip away. To be honest with you, and um, that taste was in our mouth the whole off season, you know, and the driving thing after. Losing that game, the only thing that we could talk about all the way back in 96 was getting a playoff, getting the championship game here in Jacksonville. That was the only thing that we were talking about on the flight back. <laughs>
more perspectives following this from ViStar Credit Union. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. They were no longer an expansion team. They were a contender. And they were confident because they had their quarterback. And he had thunder and lightning. One, we had to have a quarterback. And Mark was the quarterback for us. Uh, Mild-mannered. Could listen to us. Would trust us on what we said. And he knew if he threw it in and kind of anywhere close to us, we would take care of it. Uh, We're going to be wide open. Uh, Like we always say, we're like 7-Eleven. We're always open, bro. Um, hey, Mark, I tell you, I would tell him, I'm always open, Mark. Just look my way. But for us to make the tandem that we were, we were so competitive. But it was it goes back to our our start in the National Football League. Um, both guys, I came in twelfth round. He came in the second round. Had some situa- had injury situation in Dallas. They uh, basically forgot about him. Like, all right, we, let's move on. So we're backs against the wall. Nobody's giving us a chance and heck to to be a successful NFL player, let alone be a a, a successful uh, dynamic duo or dynamic receivers in this league. Um, we talked about it a lot. The next thing we, we, we said to ourselves, and we used to say it to ourselves all the time, they were trying they tried to kick us out. But now we're gonna write the we're gonna we're gonna go out the way we wanna go out. They'll never be able to kick us out. They'll never we we'll never get cut. We're gonna walk away from this our own way. And we used to say that to us all the time. If we were coming down the ramp, we always say, our way, bro. You know, we're going to make it. We're going to go out our way. So that kind of drove us. We were competitive as heck. Um, we always wanted the ball. We always wanted the ball. And a lot of times it was just out of sheer determination, fear of not being open, and them saying that, oh, they can't get open anymore. That's why they. That, that's why they. We should go out and get a a number one because they can't do it. They're not talented enough. So each and every day in practice, we wanted to destroy our own teammates. I hate to say it that way, but that's how we felt. Um, any one on one situations, uh, in in joint practices, we wanted to show people we were head and shoulders above. Everybody else, even their receivers, uh, we wanted them to look at us. Um, I think um, that's the way we lived our lives here playing in Jacksonville. And then it helped that this was an upstart franchise. It played into what we had going. 
Nobody gave us any respect, so let's show them. And every day we went out, and it fueled us when I left. It fueled me when I left. It fueled Jimmy even when I left. Um, just to show people exactly what they're missing and what a lot of people missed out on in two guys that they underestimated. The two men put up Hall of Fame-type numbers together and helped define the first era of Jaguars football. They also built a lifelong friendship that not only endured through Jimmy Smith's personal struggles, but grew stronger as McCardell stayed close to his friend. I mean, it was tough for me to uh, to hear the things that I was hearing. Um, I mean, that's my friend. I'm going to defend him. I mean, and one thing I respected about Jimmy was that Smooth never put anything in my face. I mean, I was big brother, little brother, however you want to say it. It was never in my face. The things that he was doing was always in close, behind closed doors. And uh, everybody said, you had to have known. Never knew because that's how much he respected me. And I wouldn't have assumed that he was doing it at all. I mean, you know, and, and the thing about it is that he never around me ever was that way. And, um, you know, I I hate that I had to leave because I felt like we, we would have still brought glory and probably brought a Super Bowl here if I would have never left. Um, but, you know, that's the way this business goes. I mean, and, um, you know, and I felt like he could – with me being there in that room, he knew that he had to be a better a better citizen, respect the room. And that's the thing that I felt like some of the guys in the room, he didn't respect the room. And some of the guys fell in the trap of following Jimmy. The young guys was following Jimmy. I was never a follower. I wasn't going to be a follower. I was going to lead, and I was going to show him how how it should be done. Because when I got here, that's what I was told to do. That's what I was asked to do. That's what I, that's who I am. Period. I'm, if you lead, if you follow me, if you're a leader, you're going to have guys. You're going to show people the right way to do things. And I think every day that I went out when I was here, he respected that, and I respected him going out every day and working the way he did. And I think when I left, he didn't have anybody to really push him to that point. And, you know, and like today, you know, I called him. I just called him uh, yesterday, you know, left him a message. He he usually calls me back. I'll get a call today. We'll talk. Um, Relationship is good, you know. A lot of times I just let him be himself, and I was just, you know, you good? I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm just chasing the kids, and then that's what happens now. Uh, you know, he realizes some things, you know, the embarrassment of to his family, uh, an embarrassment to him, but that's part of life. I mean, you, 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 you pick up the pieces, you put it back together, and you be a better person. You just you try to do it one day at a time, and I think that's what he's doing. 
Those Jaguars were among the best teams in the AFC in 97 and 98, and they were the best team in 99, except for the Titans. It was such a dislike that we felt like we had to go out and win instead of just playing like it was another team. It's kind of like you go the extra mile to try to beat them, but you overdo it instead of just being yourself. You know, I I mean, I can remember the second game of the year that we were 14-2 in 99. I can remember Tom being furious because that week we had just won, I think, and we're getting ready to play Tennessee. And his whole demeanor just changed that week. I'm like, we're 13-1 and right now. Let's go in here and play Jaguar football and not make a big deal about this. And let's play and see what happens. But everybody just seemed to got to get so uptight because it was Tennessee, Jeff Fisher, those guys have they beat us. Well, they beat us nine to six, I think, in a rainy game here. It was a close game. And we go up to Tennessee and get our head beat in. And I'm like, and then everybody's like, well, it was, you guys had already clinched. It was just uh, what, a formality, this, that, and the other. I was like, no. It was too much of a dislike instead of personal about that one team, instead of just playing this team as it's, a, it's just another team. And I, I would say we played some better teams that year, you know, or before that. But it was just, it's the Tennessee Titans. And I know it's a division game and divisional game, and you just got to kind of, sometimes you kind of have to go back to being yourself and playing your brand of football instead of trying to beat them and play who you are, be who you are, and let it happen. And it will happen. And I, I really feel that way every time we play Tennessee every time played them after that. Oh, it's just a, uh, it's the Titans. We got to do this. And we get out of our game instead of playing Jaguar football. And, you know, and then coming in, um, they beat us <laughs> at 99 uh, three times, which is a big feat to do in the National Football League with all the film study and all that. And I think, it got to be a mindset of who they were. And that was our big Achilles heel from the, from from keeping us from, from being in the Super Bowl. The talent on that team, you know, I've been 14-2 and two once in my career. No, yeah, once in my career. I've been 12-4 and four twice. And... Um, that fourteen and two team was better than those twelve and four teams, but those twelve, one of those twelve and four teams got to the Super Bowl. I think it's it's a travesty because you look at the talent that was on that team: Cornell Lake, um, the Brackens, the Hardys. I mean, the guys that. Fred, myself, I mean, Mark, 
Tony. I mean, you look at those, look at the talent. You go down the line, and it was it was set, and to not come through it, it was very disappointing for us. It 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 hurt us a lot. And it's kind of like the franchise put all the eggs in the basket that year, and we came up short. And then it's kind of like, let's go a different direction. And it was like, it's kind of hard to say go in a different direction when there's only one team in the league that beat you. And, I mean, I felt like that window of opportunity was still open for us. And we should have kept it together one more time. And, and let's see what happens. Because, I mean, you look at it, everybody was coming back. Everybody could have came back, you know, and... I think that team would have been the team that that would have brought us a Super Bowl here. More perspectives following this from ViStar Credit Union. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. McCardell left in 2002 and wouldn't return to Jacksonville until 2017. Once again to lead the receivers. This time, though, from the front of the room. Coming back, I was so excited um, trying to get our franchise to being back uh, in the limelight. Um, you know, winning a Super Bowl here is big for me. I mean, even as a coach, because I, I feel like it's well-deserved. It's, it's been a lot of years of hard work for Mr. Weaver um, to Miss Weaver, I mean, they have they have put this franchise in the right direction. You know, now that Mr. Khan, he has it, that now he has us going in the right direction, it's time for the Jaguars, time for the city of Jacksonville, not just the Jaguars, the city of Jacksonville to be seen as a champion. I mean, a city of champions. And uh, I would love to be a part of this 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 process of bringing it here because, I mean, these fans in Jacksonville, they deserve it because they are one of the best fan bases that people don't know about. They know football. They know it from the ins and outs of football, and people don't realize it because it's such great college football here, and they understand football. They love football. They eat and breathe football here in Jacksonville. And why not? It's Duval. And I should say it the right way. Duval. This time, though, he didn't hesitate to work for the guy he once thought he couldn't play for. <laughs> I care so much for him because he was a person that believed in me and gave me a true opportunity to be who I am now. Who I, and who I always wanted to be in this in this league. Um, he believed in me. Um, that's all I wanted somebody to do is believe in me because I'm going to give you my best each and every day. Um, 
to play with an arrogancy because he has an arrogancy about himself of being the best. Uh, it played right into what I wanted, what I needed as a coach. Um, you know, just him being who he is, he's straightforward, straight shooter. You know, I remember our conversations through the times of um, some situations that were happening here, you know, and I could come out and be myself and tell him the truth. He respected it. He might not have liked it. He still told me he didn't like it, but he respected it. And uh, and in, in his own kind of way, he'll come back and say, I hear you. He might not tell you right away, but in a way you, and I, I kind of, it's kind of like, Father, son, you, you, you kind of understand what he's talking about, and he kind of understands what you're talking about, and you get that that sense of all right, I got you, you know. And um, I mean, he through all the times that he was Tom the Terrible, we were rallying around ourselves. He he never wavered, and I didn't expect him to waver. But I could always go talk to him and and just say, hey, this is the feel of the locker room. Um, you might not like it, but I'm telling you. Um, but we will handle it down there. We, you got enough guys in the locker room that can handle it. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. We'll we'll get it together. You know, Tony was one of those guys too. It's like we'll go down there, and we'll get it together, and. Um, and he just let us be who we were. And we let him be who he was. The man known as Thunder cares deeply about his legacy. He knows Jimmy was the big play guy. And he's entirely comfortable with what he did, with what he meant, with what he means to the Jaguars. I'm that clutch guy when you need it. Call on me. Through whatever situation, he was coming up with the football. Need a big play? Call the playmaker. Call me. Call my number. It's gonna happen for us. Um, and it's kind of funny you say that. Um, me and Eric were great friends, you know, being teammates in Cleveland and stuff like that. Uh, every time I played that that franchise, it was always a, a little chip on my shoulder. So for you to say that, that defined me. Probably did because showed the arrogancy that I had and showed the determination to prove Baltimore wrong. This is part of who I was. I mean, they're always trying to prove something. And that 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 situation, we needed it. We had to have it. So I, I had to make the catch. And me being that guy, being the guy that was supposed to make the catch, that's your job because you are the leader. Let me lead. Let me lead.